What up, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic week. Thank God it's Friday. Today, we're doing another re-release of my interview podcast, The Exchange, on here on the Logan's Lowdown feed uh, in anticipation for new episodes coming soon. We're building up quite a catalog of some awesome heavy hitters, and I can't wait to be releasing those to everybody. Um, This was an episode that was one of my uh, last episodes. I would say last, but... Towards the end there, um, it was episode 50. It released July 9th, 2021, um, and I sought uh, down with Kyle Banduho. Kyle is the host of the Bring Big Screen Sports Podcast, and he's a former writer for PGP Postgrad Problems. Together, we discussed the days at Grand X, him being the baseball guy, movies experiencing... Uh, or sorry, movies to be experienced in the theaters again, reading and writing as creative outlets, Ted Lasso, consistency in podcasting, and many more things. Kyle is a fantastic contact creator. He has a wonderful family, um, and he's just another one of those guys, similar to last week's episode of Micah, just kind of an inspiration to me and kind of uh, was one of the original um, pioneers in the space, in my opinion. I, I just really respect the guy and uh, couldn't be more honored the fact that I got to interview him on my podcast. I love it so much and super thankful for it. So um, please, when the podcast is over, go follow Kyle wherever he can be found and support his stuff and support his journey. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoy today's episode and we'll be seeing you next time. Bye-bye. going on everybody it's time for the exchange i'm your host logan every week's the same you know that by now this is episode 50 of the exchange welcome welcome happy friday uh it's a it's a great friday today guys we got uh this is the season finale of season two we're gonna go on a couple month hiatus kind of regroup maybe test some ideas book some new guests get some Get some things on the table for next uh, for next season. We'll start season three here uh, in early September. We'll take the rest of the summer off, let everybody have a couple months to you know to to do whatever, and then we'll be back. It's it's time uh, for the season finale, though. So for the last time this season, let me just make sure you guys are following along on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram has been quite lacking. I'm, I could be the first to admit that. So I've gone through and I've, I've made a lot of content over the weekend and this week to kind of make the Instagram a little more uh, lively instead of just one post a week on, you know, on, on Friday when the episode drops, I've tried to make some new stuff. So to kind of tell you a little bit more about the people that I've uh, gotten the pleasure to interview. And that's the thing too, is I get to interview all kinds of different people from all walks of life, all kinds of different careers and backgrounds and whatnot. Uh, so if you're looking for somebody or if a friend is looking for a, a new interview pod to kind of get into, um, then, then this one, uh, this one's, this is the one man, this is the one for, for them. So yeah, go ahead and, uh, tell a friend, leave a rating and review on iTunes. That means a lot and make sure wherever you're listening, uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever, just make sure you mash that follow or subscribe button. 
But uh, today for the finale uh, of season two, I've got a great guest. Uh, he is the host of Big Screen Sports, and uh, he's also been a writer for several uh, different websites. Uh, please welcome uh, Kyle Banduco. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Logan, man. How you doing? Man, I- I'm doing good. We're, we're, you know, we're mobbing. We're, we're having a good time. We are, yeah. Even though we we couldn't get my camera to work for the for the video aspect in this nice studio you have here, still I'm very excited to be on and very appreciative that you have me. Yeah, absolutely, man. No issue. Um, I think this is honestly something that me and you have kind of shot back and forth with each other uh, uh, for I want to say almost a, a year or so, and, and and maybe we've taken some time off and and not talked, but I think I yeah is that is that how we came to to meet. Yeah, we've been circling the wagon. I think you reached out. Yeah, I've been circling the wagons on it for a while um, in and out. And that's kind of how, you know, podcasting this whole thing goes, you know, like it's it's a it's it's a back and forth. Sometimes episodes happen, you know, sometimes you book a guest and they're on right away. And then sometimes, yeah, it's been like a it's been a year. There's back and forth. People have different schedules, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man, absolutely. I I did. uh, I usually don't do a crazy amount of of digging about people before I interview them just because I want to get a, the, a lot of the full story when I talk to them. But I, I, I listened to a lot of the episodes of, of big screen sports this week. And I've always listened, you know, when, when you guys talk about a movie or, or the Ted Lasso recaps have been absolutely fire. I know you've gotten a lot of attention from those. Um, tell, tell the folks about, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. Tell the folks about big screen sports, man. So Big Screen Sports is a the sports movie podcast. I've been doing it for just over two years now. Um, for the last two months, I've been recapping season one of Ted Lasso leading into season two. Uh, my co-host on that, on the Ted Lasso episodes, have been Ale- has been Alex McDaniel. She is the new managing editor for The Win. Everyone go check her out. Alex is great. Um, but yeah, but before that, um, you know, every Monday for the past two years have been breaking down. Uh, typically a sports movie, have done some other TV stuff. Um, we'll occasionally do a non-sports movie, just something, you know, something I like, like I've covered swingers and that thing you do and stuff like that. But uh, the original genesis of the podcast is breaking down the sports action in sports movies, specifically what was realistic, what wasn't. And it's kind of just grown into an appreciation of the sports movie and of of movies in general. Um, I've had a lot of great guests, a lot of great repeat guests. Um, it's it's something it's fun. If you're, you know, looking for a new pop culture podcast, you like sports movies, you like movies in general, um, holler at us. Big screen sports available every single Monday. I've not don't think I've missed a Monday in two years. Pretty proud of that. That's amazing, man. That and yeah, like for me too, for for my other my main podcast that I've been doing just for over three years now, uh it it that commitment is everything, man. Like some of the mm-hmm. people that I have, you know, reached out to, like yourself or J.R. Hickey or or Micah Wine, or you know, some of the people that I've listened to and and followed for years will will randomly DM me and tell me things like like I think Micah, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Micah. Oh yeah, I've, uh, had, I've had Micah on Big Screen Sports, and then Micah <laughs> actually was the producer on the first podcast I ever did, which was the Dadgum Podcast for the yes. now defunct Grand X Network. Yes, absolutely. And Micah told me that my consistency was very admirable, and I was like, "Wow, Micah, that's that means a lot to me coming from a guy like you that I've that I've listened to for a long time." So kudos to you as well for for keeping up with Big Screen Sports. Yeah, no, and it's yeah, the consistency is the name of the game. Um, you know, and I 
I think about that with podcasts that I listen to regularly. I like to know when I'm going to get them in my ears. You know, I like, I, I think one of my favorite podcasts is, um, is Bomani Jones's podcast, the right time. And I know every Monday, Wednesday or Friday, unless he's on vacation, I'm getting that podcast. So I like to kind of stick with the same thing. My other podcast from Phenom to the farm, I get that out every other Tuesday. Um, you know, try to be like clockwork on that one too. That one's been going over for a year. Haven't missed a Tuesday and and every other Tuesday yet. So hoping, hoping to keep that streak up. I have an interview that, that really needs to land tomorrow. The guy really needs to show, or I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, out of luck in uh, for next Tuesday, but we'll have to figure something out. Yeah, man, I, I definitely get it. The name of the game is consistency. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's always good to recognize the other people in the, in the space that are, are, consistent as well so so let's rewind back before podcast back before writing back before grand x pgp all of that business uh let's rewind rewind to like college and high school what kind of kid were you growing up were you popular were you a band geek were you an athlete what what were you man so i played sports i played baseball um i was i loved it a lot more than i was good um but i always you know i've you know, I, I love being a part of a team playing baseball. Um, you know, there's, I think being a multi-sport athlete is really important. And I would stress that to a lot of kids, like do different things, do stuff like that. You know, I wish I'd played more golf when I was younger, but all I wanted to do was play baseball. And luckily I live in Texas. So I, you know, could play 11 months out of the year. I was always hanging out with, you know, teammates, stuff like that. Um, I went to a, I grew up in San Antonio or just outside of San Antonio in a suburb called Bernie. I went to, and basically when it came down to college, it was either I could walk on into small school and keep playing baseball, or I could give it up and go to a big school. And I chose the walk on at a small school option. I went to a school called the University of Texas of the Permian Basin, which is in Odessa, Texas, which is famous for uh, the book Friday Night Lights, the actual school Odessa, Odessa Permian. Um, I played there. I redshirted my freshman year and then I played for uh, four years there, but um, basically played baseball almost every day of my life until I was 23 and then played my last game and then had to, <laughs> had to figure out something else to do with my life. Cause I, de- I didn't want to coach or anything like that. I didn't want to basically, I, I didn't want to teach. Um, so I, I did a little bit of like travel while coaching and stuff when I got out of college, but yeah, baseball was pretty much, it, it was kind of for the longest time, I guess for, you know, my first 23 years is really like my identity of who I was as a person. Um, was like, I'm a baseball player first, even though, again, the love for the sport far outstripped the talent. But yeah, that, that's kind of really how I, that's where all my friends came from for the most part. It's everything I did, um, you know, in college, if you're an athlete, you, you pretty much just hang out with your team and that's it. So it, that's kind of what shaped my life for the most part for the, you know, the first 23 years. That's dope, man. So were you ever, cause I, I have, two cousins that played baseball their entire lives, one of which is still playing, and the other one gave it up after 25 years uh, because he he was tired of being just known as the baseball guy. Was that ever a thought that that crossed your mind? Or like, like you know, obviously, since baseball, you, you were done with baseball, you've done also s- some cr- cool things, but were you ever worried of just being known as uh, the baseball guy? Honestly, it was kind of the opposite of I wish I was known as the baseball guy. I think the thing about, um, you know, knowing that I, I knew my last college game would be my last game ever. I knew there wasn't really a future in it for me. Like there was barely a future in it after high school. 
um, you know, I just kept playing because I, I found a coach who was willing to take me on the team and just kept grinding at it. And, you know, it took me until really um, my senior year to, to make an impact on the field. Um, so, so I didn't, I, I had that kind of identity of I'm a baseball player and this is what my life's about and stuff. But I, I also had the, you know, had the foresight to be like, my whole life isn't going to be about this. And I did have, I did have interests beyond baseball. I've always been into pop culture and stuff like that and writing. And so I wasn't, um, you know, cause I think in, in something I get into in my, my podcast with Fiona on the farm, talking to guys who, who, you know, were star players at, at a certain point in their life, um, whether that be in college or pro ball or the big leagues, um, you, you, you know, certain guys will get to that point where it's like that. Yeah, exactly. Like what you're saying, that's your identity. That's what you're known as you've always been. It's, it's a theme in Ted Lasso season one, talking to Roy Kent, who's struggling yeah. with, uh, you know, in episode nine, he says the thing about I've all Roy Kent ever since he was 10, he's always been the best player on his team. And so that's, that's kind of, that's definitely an identity crisis that some athletes go through, especially ones where not only has the sport been important to them, but they've been important to the sport. Um, and it's, it's difficult to find that kind of feeling wherever they're at. So that's, that's something that, you know, almost fortunately, I never really had to struggle with. I've never really ever, I think being when I was 12 was the last time a team I was on really, really needed me. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, so I, I, ne I never had to worry about what am I going to do after this, but, um, that it, at the same time, it, it was a significant part of my identity. Yeah, for sure. So when you so let's then fast forward to after college, you mentioned that you had always been into pop culture. You'd always been into writing. When did that start? Was that a young age as well? Was that always like your, you know, you were an all star on the field? Uh, but then when you got, you know, in your private space, your home space or uh, or whatnot, uh, you were just creative writing. You were always a writer. When did that kind of start to kind of form in, inside of your head? I think reading came first. I was always a, you know, I, I was always a reader from like early on, you know, kindergarten, first grade, I was always reading, you know, reading books. It was a constant thing. And I think with that came the ability to write and string words together. I'm certainly not like Pulitzer level, but I do okay. And, um, you know, I didn't, I majored in marketing in college. I think I only had to write one paper in college, but it was a banger if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was more about reading and reading. And that's still how I try to, you know, cause I'm, I'm a long way off with where I want to be as a writer, but that's that still to this day, how I try to improve my writing is just read, read other good writing. And so that's how, that's how that kind of came just a, a lot of reading as a child. And, and, you know, I spend every day just trying to imitate the best writers in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So what, how, what got you to, PGP. How did you start that? Was that something you interned in for in school and then you got the job after college? How did you get to arguably one of the biggest online or at least just for, you know, for that demographic, the biggest one of the biggest writing publications, news, whatever. How did you get there? So I'd read, um, I'd read TFM in college because like my school didn't have Greek life at the time I was there. So TFM mm. was kind of my, my real only insight into that, you know, for whatever it was worth. And then um, post-college, I, uh, I was a single dad. I was super broke and I was reading PGP. I had kind of graduated into PGP 
And I knew, you know, they, you could submit a column, you know, you had, you could, I think, I can't remember if it was one of the times where Dave put out a call for submissions or if it was um, just like I submitted something. I, I vague, I think I remember emailing Dave a column and being very polite and referring to Dave as sir, which um, <laughs> I wonder if I'll have to text him. I wonder if he remembers that, but um, yeah, I just, I submitted, I think, um, I can't remember. I think the first thing I ever wrote for PGP was actually the funny enough was about remember the Titans was actually, no, the first thing I wrote for PGP was when Greg Anthony, former NBA point guard got caught with a prostitute. Yes. And, uh, I wrote about (laughs) why, (laughs) why athletes get caught with prostitutes so often. (laughs) And it was probably really bad. I feel like a lot of my writing for PGP was, but yeah, I just kind of caught from there and, um, they ran that one and they ran the next few. And then they eventually put me on the freelancer, you know, the freelancer staff. And I put out one to three articles a week for PGP from, I think like 2014, 2015 until the day it shuttered. Really? You were there all the way up until the day that Grand X was no more. I was. I actually, I was there uh, longer than a lot of the actual Grand X employees because after the first big round of firing that that basically ended PGP where um, they let a couple of the mainstays go, uh, Mm -hmm. myself and Pete, Pete Hart, yeah. we're still doing dad gum and I was still, I was still writing a little bit. And then I was there. I was at grand X the day that, um, Madison told me that they were ending PGP. And so I got all the writers and all the mainstays together and we wrote a final kind of farewell to PGP. Wow. And I was the one who put that together. And wow. then, uh, that was it. That was the last thing that ran on PGP before zombie PGP came about or whatever they're, you know, whatever the new person who bought that IP is doing now. I have no idea what they're doing now, man, because I remember a few months back or maybe it was a year ago now. I don't know. It might have been closer to a year when that podcast kind of came up to be uh, the young and corporate guys or whatever. And a bunch of people started attacking them, you know, calling them knockoffs of uh, postgrad problems and and there was this huge fire that was lit and even the, you know, Dave and Dylan and, and Will had to get in and tell the fans and, and the, you know, the listeners to stop bullying these kids because it's not like they knew what happened with Grand X or, you know, or any of that crap. So it's good to hear that you kind of, did you fall on your feet after the Grand X collapse? Did you kind of have a, a backup plan or were you struggling for the first couple months? Like a lot of the, the old, uh, the old guys and gals were. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was, it was always just a, a side gig for me. It was always just a freelance thing. Um, and I had written at some other websites before for me, it was more, I had kind of a, um, just like a content hole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to figure out, I didn't want to stop creating content. And so that was kind of a thing of, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do because I didn't just want to be doing my day job from then on. So that's when I kind of decided JR had started, um, the, you know, his entourage podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I talked to him and I'd had the idea. I'd had the idea for big screen sports forever. Originally I had thought about it being a written series on PGP and I'm sure as hell glad I didn't do that because it would be, <laughs> It'd be gone now. Cause every, yeah, all their stuff is gone. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's when I went through and and started big screen sports just because I had such a you know I 
I wanted to keep being creative and I just needed to figure out a way to do it. And so, um, I didn't without PGP there to, um, to write for, I just needed to kind of make something for myself because getting out in that, in that freelance world and just cold pitching is super tough. Yeah, it is. It is really hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult. You, you know, there's all these companies that, and, and brands pitch to you to be creative and be yourself and, and never be afraid of to shoot a shot in the dark. But, uh, for, you have definitely been in these stews. And for me, as someone who tries to, you know, uh, pitch to either podcast networks or other websites, like, Hey, I could write for you or Hey, I could podcast for you. It's really freaking hard. So, um, yeah. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I, especially when I started big screen sport sports and right before I was emailing random websites and places that potentially would have podcast networks and pitching them the idea and pitching them, you know, written pieces to go along with it. And it was, I mean, it was a lot. Um, and it, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of takers. So it's, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of awesome people doing awesome freelance standalone content. We're seeing kind of the Patreon model thrive now that, um, you know, that a lot of people are having success with, you know, I, I think I paid for, four to five subscriptions for just random creators, whether it's newsletters or um, podcast patrons and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of good people making great content now. Yeah, absolutely. So with with the podcast, so you did dad gum back at Grand X, but how did you get into doing dad gum? Was that a, more of a thing like kind of like how you said how they, they kind of threw you in the ring and 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 allowed you to write, you know, a few articles a week. And then did you pitch to them, dad gum? Did they ask you if you'd want to be on a podcast because you had written so much content for them? Like how did that, how did you dip the toe into dad gum? So I pitched that to them. I pitched that to, uh, Dave and will I, you know, I'd written a lot of, you know, dad content or whatever. And then they said, why don't you see if Pete wants to be on it with you? And like, I love Pete to death. So that was a no brainer. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we pitched it them, we pitched it to Micah and they, you know, we hopped on board. And then, so once a week, Pete and I, Pete lives in Austin. I live close enough to Austin where I would, um, I would drive up in the morning, we'd record. And, um, yeah, so we did, I don't, I don't know if we did dad gum for a full year, but it was probably close to that. And then we picked up a little bit right after Grand X folded, but it was when, I had zero experience because it was basically we were allowed to keep the IP, but I had to learn how to edit and do all that stuff. And I was just not there and it was just taking too much time for both of us. And so we, we kind of, um, we closed the door on dad gum, but, um, I, I love doing it. It was a lot easier when we would just roll up to a studio, Micah would press play and be the producer on it. Mm-hmm. I will say that and being able to do it in person, but, um, you know, doing that with, with Pete was awesome. I love Pete where our families are going to the beach together in a couple of weeks. So wow, that's amazing. That, yeah. So that's still there, but, um, yeah, no, dad, dad gum was fun and it was, you know, it was cool part, you know, being part of that grand X network when they had a lot of good stuff going and a lot of that good stuff spawned, you know, media companies that are standing on their own, obviously. So it was, it was a fun, it was a fun time. Yeah. It's good also to see that so many people, cause I think a lot of the fans like myself at the time was just a fan. I, I hadn't really been, hardcore i don't think i had started my first uh my first podcast yet until no i was i was kind of i was podcasting then when when uh you know when uh they laid off dylan and and dave and 
and you know me myself and and you too probably and the rest of the fans were just like what the hell's gonna happen are these guys ever gonna get back on their feet but you know so many people like like Ross has is doing well for himself now and the, the those guys that washed are doing really good for themselves so it's good to see that a lot of people have been able to you know find where what find what worked at Grand X and made it work for themselves yeah, it almost makes you think that, you know, maybe maybe they should have, you know, focused on that while Grand X was around. But that that whole subject has been rehashed so many times by people yeah. know it better than me. But yeah, I mean, it's great to see Ross and then the Wash guys, um, you know, have so much success and and stuff like that. It's it's awesome to see what has come out of what was a, a pretty, you know, sucky situation. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned at the top, man, that you've been going through for the past couple months, Ted Lasso. And, you know, I, I I assume for you to be going through episode by episode, you and me alike and pretty much the rest of the world absolutely adored the show when it was, when it first aired, like a show that I don't think many people really were super duper excited about people. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's based off of like a couple commercials they did back in the day with, with Jason Sudeikis. And that is exactly right. Yeah. Based off a couple commercials. Show and, and it, and it just freaking works, man. How about give me like a little, a, a quick five minute review of, of Ted Lasso in, in your eyes. I mean, in short, it's the best thing I've seen on TV in years. Uh, it's it's literally a perfect TV show. And I was very late to the party because, like a lot of people, don't have Apple Plus. Uh, finally got a new phone. I was way overdue. Got a new phone <laughs> earlier this year and found out I had that free year of Apple Plus. And so my wife and I were like, oh, we might as well try Ted Lasso. Everyone seems to be liking it. it just blew my doors off. Um, just incredible, incredibly written, incredibly acted. Um, just, I mean, truly, truly, truly every episode is better than the last and, um, you know, it just perfectly acted show. It's very funny. And it also unlike not, not being, not trying to be corny, but it's, it's a perfect example of what, you know, how people should treat each other and how people should talk to each other and how people should value other people's emotions and feelings and stuff like that. And it's, um, it's, Ted Lasso is just such a genuine, incredible character surrounded by a bunch of other genuine, incredible characters. And it's, it's a great show too. It's like a great Sunday scary show. It's a great, you need a pick me up. It's a good show to be there for you. So I, anyone who hasn't, it is worth the, you know, it's worth forgetting to cancel Apple plus after a free trial <laughs> to, uh, to experience that show. And we're, and we're back, man. We're, we got, I think next week, Season July 23rd, Friday, July 23rd. So if you're following along, if you're listening to Big Street Sports or if you're going to after this, our season 10 finale or episode 10, the season one finale will drop Tuesday of that week, which would be Tuesday, the 20th. And then on Friday, episode one of season two will drop. That's amazing, man. I can't wait. I, I, I'm are you guys going to be doing week by week recaps of that as well? That I'm not sure. I think I might be pivoting back into movies because, like I said, Alex just started her new job at For the Win. She's finishing this ah. season out. We hadn't really discussed uh, season two, um, but I, you know, I think she's, you know, she's probably. I don't want her to bite off more than she can chew. Starting this new job is something she's really earned. It's something she's going to be awesome at. So um, it might be something too that uh, we may be you know, loop back when the entire season drops and go do that kind of recap. Cause I think they're going to do, 
like they did season one, do it week by week. So the, the season two, season two won't be done until, you know, uh, you know, late September, early October. So maybe loop back then kind of see what things are like for Alex. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed Ted Lasso, but, you know, it's been a while since I covered a sports movie. So I might want to jump back into that, but I, I'm excited. We, we drop, uh, episode nine this coming Tuesday. And then episode 10, we've got one of my heroes as a guest host. Uh, I don't want to jinx it cause we haven't recorded it yet. So, um, but I, I'm really looking forward to our, our special guest for episode 10. So that's um, amazing. Yeah, Ted has been awesome. Everyone should go check out Ted. If you haven't, if you haven't watched it. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So, man, I, I asked you uh, before to kind of think about top five favorite sports movies. I don't have these in any necessar- necessary order, but these are some highlights. And I'm kind of curious after I hear what you've got for yours, uh, kind of just throwing a couple of these around and seeing where they land on your scale. Yeah, I mean, so my my top five, I get asked my top five all the time. And it's kind of like the, you know, what? Yeah, you know, you do a sports movie podcast. You should know that number sure. one is easy for me. I always go back, always go back to Bull Durham. I'm a big baseball fan. I love minor league baseball. I think Bull Durham's a perfect movie. I'm a huge fan. The other four, it's kind of just like whatever mood I'm in. I can list off a a ton. Um, you know, in every episode of Big Screen Sports, I label you know, is it a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer sports movie? You know, almost any almost any Hall of Famer, I could make an argument for it being a top five, like uh, a movie like warrior. I love, I love, you know, huge fan of that Gavin O'Connor. He also directed miracle, which is a hall of fame movie for me. Yeah. Huge, huge fan of miracle. Um, I think major league has still held up really well. It's got, you know, for a comedy and made in 1989, it's held up pretty well. It does, you know, does great things. Um, you know, Sandlot's got the nostalgia factor for a newer one. That's a little more, underseen everybody wants some uh that's the richard linklater spiritual sequel to days and confused it's one of there's really only two movies that have ever tackled college baseball two mainstream movies there's that which is a hall of famer it's perfect and then there's summer catch which is not a hall of famer not perfect at all um so i mean i i kind of everybody wants some has turned into kind of a comfort movie for me recently like so i'd be partial to putting that in my top five um if i had to pick a football movie it's probably friday night lights uh, the movie Friday night lights. That's a hall of famer for me. So that might be there in the top five. Um, it's tough for me. It's like, it's bull Durham and everything else is it, you know, there's a bunch of other, you know, great hall of fame <laughs> movies like Creed Creed, you yeah. know, if you're a big stream sports listener, Creed's going to be the first movie episode after the Ted, Ted Lasso episodes are over. I've already got it recorded. Um, you know, Creed's a great one. It's probably my favorite of the Rocky series. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're fortunate. A lot of great sports movies out there. Yes, absolutely. And I was thinking about my favorite sports movies and a lot of them, uh, a lot of them I don't think about unless like someone brings up like I'm not a I'm not going to say I'm a huge sports movie guy, but I do enjoy a good sports story here and there. But when I and I kind of went through Google and kind of looked at, you know, just Googling like sports movies and just seeing the ones that came up, I, I was surprised at how many great fantastic movies are sports movies like like one of them that came up immediately where we are marshall with mcconaughey like that's that's a great movie i personally i i think i never knew the story i never knew any of that uh and then when watching it for the first time just a couple years ago it 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 blew my mind 
It's a really good McConaughey performance. Um, That one has the thing with sports movies that have true stories factored in. They have to do a lot of justice to those true stories. And sometimes they make decisions to, you know, Hollywood stuff up that some work, some don't. Sure. Um, you know, but the, the McConaughey performance, and that's also, I think that comes out like six years before the real, the McConaissance where he rips off true detective and, um, and yeah, Dallas Buyers Club and starts yeah. getting, yeah. And starts getting kind of serious about his craft, you know, mud and, and killer Joe, you know, when, when those movies start coming along, but, um, the, the shades of McConaughey are there of what he can really bring besides just being the, the rom-com guy from Sahara or fool's gold. I'm I'm curious. You mentioned the Sandlot, and I've got to ask. I know you're a huge baseball guy. Is I, I got in this argue with argument with my roommates uh, a while back. Is the Sandlot a sports movie, or is it more of like a summer coming of age friendship movie? It is more of the latter. I would say it's probably a it's probably a honestly like a seventy thirty coming of age nostalgia friendship childhood best friends kind of thing. Baseball is a great, um, a great harbinger of that. It's a great way to bring those themes together. And it's, you know, that, you know, and you can't overlook the importance that baseball plays in the movie as far as what brings the kids together, what connects them, um, stuff like that. But it's certainly, it's the plot isn't as sports driven as it is just a great summer nostalgia friends growing up kind of movie versus I look at when I look at everybody wants some, which I don't know if you, I don't know if you had a chance to check out everybody wants some, but there's really only one baseball scene in that movie, but the theme of baseball and what a baseball team is, is kind of the whole, it defines the whole movie and it's everything. It's kind of what we, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier where, um, how being a baseball player can define someone's personality or lifestyle. And that is, that's kind of the essence of that movie to where, so a, a sports movie doesn't, doesn't necessarily need, you know, to be full of on field scenes to be a, you know, to be a sports movie. It can be, it's kind of like, what does, does the sport drive the plot or is something else drives the plot? And the sport is just there, you know, as a co-pilot. Sure, sure. We also talked briefly today about, um, or it might have been yesterday, but Happy Gilmore. Like that's Hall of Fame, first ballot, all time. Probably the probably the best golf movie ever made. Probably it's it's definitely my favorite sports movie. Uh, It a huge piece of my childhood. Even like like a few weeks ago, my 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 younger brother was like, "Hey, let's go to mom and dad's and build some Lego sets and watch Happy Gilmore and just like relive the glory, like the childhood days." And I was like, "Hell yeah, absolutely!" Like Happy Gilmore to me is like you guys. I listened to the episode that when you guys discussed it, you and Wes discussed it this morning, and you guys said it perfectly. It's flawless. There's there's nothing wrong with it. There's there's nothing that you could do to improve it. There's no scenes you could cut, no lines you can cut. It is the perfect golf movie. It it just it's it's just one of those movies that I'll take to the grave with me. And it's part of that great run of Sandler, which you and I are the same in. I'm sure Adam Sandler just means the same thing to both of us oh, in yeah. that, you know, starting with Billy Madison, maybe ending with Mr. Deeds, um, as those kind of like screwball, he's a schlub who, you know, makes good at the end kind of comedies, like those those great Sandler moments. And then you get, you know, punch drunk love. He works with PTA and it's great. And then you get like a run of, 
of crap. And then you get uncut gems, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I, uh, that those sand, those early Sandlers around and like it culminates with, ha- I think happy Gilmore. Would you say that's the best of those? Oh yeah, man. I, I a hundred percent agree with the point you guys made on the episode where you said that I think a lot more people gravitate towards happy Gilmore versus cause there's the age old debate of Billy Madison versus happy Gilmore. Uh, personally, I think happy Gilmore wins that fight 10 times out of 10. I just think that it's more relatable with the because I think you guys are the ones that said it because I listened to another podcast, oddly enough, that talked about Billy Madison today. And they said that uh, that Billy Madison is just a shithead adult kid that or adult that goes back to school or something like that. A man child that goes back to school. And it's it's not as fun as a story, whereas, you know, trying to win grandma's house back. She hasn't paid 300 grand in taxes. It's. It's amazing. And 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 to to cap off the Happy Gilmore note, I put Shooter McGavin in my top 10 like movie villains of all time. Like Shooter McGavin is <laughs> maybe maybe that's a hot take, but I love Shooter McGavin as or or Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin, just the perfect like like you said, like the classic golfer like that they, you know, he was raised on golf. He probably started golfing at at six years old, and when Happy comes in his first year, wins a tournament, you know, it it crushes him, and it, it, it's just the best. I love Shooter. I mean, he's probably a top three sports villain. He's incredible. I mean, the thing about that character is it's so iconic that it's been 25 years since Happy Gilmore, and my wife and I were watching Hacks recently, and Christopher <laughs> McDonald is in Hacks, and he walks in, it's like, oh, it's Shooter. Shooter's yeah. back. Like, and it's, it's been 25 years and he can't shake that character. Unfortunately for him, but maybe also beneficially for him. Cause you guys also mentioned the, the fact that a few weeks ago or maybe a year ago, it was the 25th anniversary of the movie and, and him and Adam Sandler went back and forth on Instagram with each other. And part of me, you know, I, I don't want a sequel to happy Gilmore. I, I, it does not need to be touched. It's one of those that please, I hope to God, no one touches unless Sandler just runs out of ideas. But I would I would so subscribe to that movie just so I could see Shooter again, just just doing Shooter McGavin things. I would advise them to not make that sequel, but if they did, I would see it on the first day it's out. Oh, I'd be at the midnight premiere. One hundred percent, no doubt. 100%. So I'm curious with 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 all these sports movies. There's a few movies that you know. There's the age old debate: is racing a sport? Uh, when you think of racing movies, do you think of Honestly, the first one that comes to mind is Cars, the Pixar movie. I love Cars. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, do you think of that as a, of, a, of a good racing film? So I have gotten super liberal with what I consider a sports movie on this okay. podcast. I've said, you know, like I did a Knight's Tale, like jousting. That's a sport. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, yeah. ra- I mean, racing for sure. I did, you know, I covered McFarland USA recently, which is a cross-country movie. Yeah. Um, you know, a movie that's you know, a Hall of Fame sports movie for me that I haven't covered yet, but I'm going to eventually is Rush, which Great um, movie. Yeah. Awesome movie. Ron Howard, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Daniel Brule, Really yeah. great movie. I've been been super liberal as far as what I'll consider a sport like, um, you know, gambling. Like I did Uncut Gems, you know, and Uncut Gems <laughs> is, you know, it's a, that's a big stretch. But um, cars I had not considered and I probably would not. I I. I don't know if there's an animated movie that I would cover on the podcast in the same format as a sports movie. There's, but if anything, cars might be it. 
There's also a really hidden gem. Maybe it's just a gem to me because I watch it all the time as a kid. I got to get the cast pulled up. I know uh, it's called Everyone's Hero. Have you heard of it? I'm familiar. Yes, I've, yes. I've, seen, the, I've seen the cover. I've not seen it, though. It is a movie about a kid who whose dad works, I'm pretty sure, as a janitor in Yankee Stadium, and his dad is responsible for cleaning uh, the locker room and uh, things, push comes to shove, things happen, and Babe Ruth's bat gets stolen by a couple of goons or something that want to sell it or something. And this kid runs cross-country, very coming of age, very unrealistic, uh, but uh, oddly enough, Babe's bat is voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, and oh, she has the bat has a personality to itself, and it's it's kind of cool. It's a nice baseball movie. It very much so gets you in the feels when you think about your childhood playing baseball in like a you know a parking lot with your buddies, making like the first, second, third, and fourth bases like you know a, one of our hats or a, a piece of cardboard. It, it really ha- tugs on those nostalgia strings. So that's a real good one uh, for a kids movie if you ever consider it. And then. I mean, when I I'm gonna run out of sports movies eventually, so I gotta I gotta I gotta have a, a list of every single one possible. <laughs> and then finally, if you ever decide to do a uh, a, a run through of racing stripes, uh, call me. <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I gotta say: racing stripes probably gonna be last on the list. But again, <laughs> when I run out, I run out. So it's it's either that or, or you know close up shop. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. Well, I'll be I'll be looking forward to that. So besides sports movies, man, I'm sure you're just a movie freak in general, just like myself. What other movies have been on your mind lately? Have you seen recently? Have you been back to the theaters since COVID kind of is on the come down? At least in Atlanta, Atlanta has treated COVID very liberally. Uh, So I, I don't know how Texas is in terms of theaters opening back up, but have you gotten out to see anything yet? So, um, Texas has been the same way, especially where I live in, in Bernie, which is north of San Antonio. But um, I will say I I took things a little more seriously than most of my compatriots here, but um, actually went out to the movies for the first time since the pandemic on Monday. Saw In the Heights, uh, was, a, was a huge fan. Um, really, really, really liked it. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to the movies more often. It's something that post pandemic I'm, I am going to, you know, even now, cause like in the Heights was available to stream on HBO max. And we've now, we watched it in theaters and then we watched it on HBO max again because it was made, but the theater experience can just not be replicated. And again, especially with something like that, it's dependent on music and, and how you feel and stuff like that. Or I go back to like every Christopher Nolan movie. Like I yeah. wish I wish I would have the chance to go see Tenet in theaters, especially now that I've, you know, seen it. Um, you know, I saw it on HBO Max with the benefit of subtitles. That movie kind of needs them. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to getting more back into the theater experience. But as far as what I've, you know, seen lately, I would, I would if anyone is listening, uh, is on letterbox, which is possibly the nerdiest social movie, social media app ever, uh, where you can rate the movies you've seen rate and review the movies, uh, follow me, follow other former, uh, PGP writer, John Duda. We're both big on letterbox, but like, you know, I can go back and like, I watched uh, no sudden move, the new Steven Soderbergh movie that's streaming on HBO max this past ah, weekend. Give it four okay. stars. Really enjoyed it. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's a great way to kind of keep track of what you've been watching lately. So I, I've literally, I rate everything I see now, like a complete nerd. Yeah. Oh no. I do. I do the same thing. My other podcast, the binge boys, all we do is, is rate things. And it's even gotten so bad that I'll start to like rate everyday things. And my fiance is like, why do you have to rate that? Stop rating it. This isn't a movie. This isn't a TV show. You don't have to rate everything, you know? And Oh, are you on Letterboxd? Uh, I am. I'm, I'm not as as serious on it, but I am on it. I will have to follow you after we get out of here. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm always looking for more people to follow on Letterboxd. Absolutely. Um, so, Kyle, at, at, at some point in every episode, after getting to know the guest a little bit more about who they are and their craft and whatnot, I pull it back and I ask them all the same grouping of questions. They're all like first date questions. They're not super serious. They're just a way to kind of pull back and ask every guest, you know, just the same grouping of questions that really tells you a little bit about a person. Awesome. Hit me with them. Yeah. All right. What was number one, your first ever job? My first ever job was I was working at a Papa John's. Oh, wow. I worked, I worked at a Papa John's for like three months. Uh, the, I guess it was my junior year of high school. Because yeah. I, I started driving late in my sophomore year, and there was a Papa John's right near my house. And I worked there and um, raised the minimum wage is all I can say, because that was one of the harder jobs I've ever had. That job stunk. Yeah. Like it. Ugh. I mean, it just I, I can still smell it, too. And like Papa John's like is like shitty pizza. And like Papa John himself is just a piece of shit. But um <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I've I've worked a lot of jobs, and Papa John's probably the second hardest job I've ever worked. Wow, wow. Um, number two, if you were an animal, what would you be? Hmm, it's actually a question that's on that kind of a question that's in a Ted Lasso episode. Would you be a lion, or, lion or a panda? Um, so lion was my first instinct, but I actually said this on the show that I'm I'm very panda ish. I like naps. I like to lay around on my couch. I like to eat while I'm laying. Um, so I, I do have a lot of panda qualities. I think I, I would, it would be hard pressed to find a better example of what I would like to be than a panda. Okay. Good answer. Uh, number three, what is your favorite classic Disney animation film? Ooh, um, first instinct is the lion King. We're talking drawn animation, right? Yeah. Drawn no animation. Pixar. Um, I would have to say the either the Lion King has some incredible big chill moments. Um, that's the cool thing about having a kid is you get to revisit all of those, you know, good drawn Disney movies. I would say the the Lion King with Aladdin is a runner up. Okay, good answer. Lion King would be my first choice as well. Uh, what is the best concert you've ever been to? Carly Rae Jepsen. My wife got me tickets uh, two years ago before the pandemic. And really? She, she just Carly Rae Jepsen has absolutely nothing but bangers. Just every every song is an absolute bop. I am unashamed in my love for Carly Rae Jepsen. A runner up for a Snoop Dogg concert I went to in college. Uh, okay, that was was at like a bar in Lubbock, Texas. It was super dope. If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who are they? Oh, one person dead or alive. Um, that's super difficult. Um, recency bias because I just listened to. This, I would love to have dinner with Bomani Jones. I find him so interesting and his wealth of knowledge on on topics. Probably like not as 
earth shattering an answer, but I, I find him super interesting. I think it would, I think it's a real safe bet. I think it would make for a very interesting dinner. Okay. I love it. Um, do you understand the words stand mute and cancel? I do. I am. I've, I, I am familiar with, uh, with the circling back game. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So we're going to play a game of stand mute cancel. And that is with queso guac and salsa. Oh, we are canceling salsa. We are uh, standing queso, and I guess we're muting guac. Okay, that's a great answer as well. I would switch guac and queso just because I'm not a huge, or sorry, guac and salsa. I'm just not a huge guac guy, but uh, queso gets stand every time. I smoked some queso this weekend, and it was lovely. That sounds amazing. Okay, number seven. When you get hot wings, what is your flavor or dry rub or whatever? So if I am at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, I will do half uh, garlic parmesan and half Asian zing. Uh, I do not do well with spicy foods, but I do like kind of like a medium wing. I'll yep. I'll be into that, but any I'm not trying to I'm not trying to sweat. I'm trying to enjoy myself. Garlic parmesan, my friend, is my uh, uh, my wing of choice, especially at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings does something with you know, with the garlic Parmesan that, you know, a lot of restaurants will just like sprinkle Parmesan cheese and maybe rub some garlic butter on a chicken. A lot of places. It's like a, it's like a dry rub and Buffalo Wild Wings. It's incredibly a creamy, delicious sauce. And it's, it's so, so good. Buffalo Wild Wings really get slept on. Uh, It's, it's quality. I think a lot of people shit on it because it is like the mainstream wing place, but Especially down here in Atlanta, I don't, I doubt, I don't think you guys have them in Texas, but there's a chain in in Georgia called Taco Mac, and they have amazing wings. But their garlic parmesan is also just they slap parmesan cheese on a wing and call that it. And the first time I had it, I was like, this is atrocious. Like, give me Buffalo Wild Wings every time. Yeah, it's this. the same. I've got a I've got a little local wing joint near me and the wings are the wings are pretty good, but again, they do the same thing with garlic parm and like Buffalo Wild Wings is the only one I've had where it's a sauce, it's not a dry rub. Yeah, man. I I I stand Every time I go to a new wing place and see garlic parmesan, I immediately am like, is it a sauce or are we just doing dry rub? Because if it's a dry rub, I don't want it. You know, B-Dub sells that sauce, right? Absolutely, my friend. It's the best. Absolutely. Um, What's one movie, love to hear your answer on this, that you wish you could go back and watch for the very first time? Oh, God, where do we start? Um, (laughs) So there's... I mean, there's like the twist movies that that kind of come to mind. Um, you know, like I think about, I will say one of the best theater experiences I've ever had was Inception. Um, I, I wish I could revisit that in the theater. The first time I saw it, I was a huge fan of that. I'm trying to think of like twists, like because there are movies that, because there's, there's nothing like seeing it. A first time, like I think of two of my favorite movies where I was at Half Price Books a couple weeks ago and they had the DVDs and I was just like, I need to I need to buy these in case they ever take them off streaming with uh, like Spotlight and Zodiac, which I think are two Ooh. of the, the best 15, you know, two, two of the best movies the last 15 years, maybe top five movies. I would love to see those for the first time again. Um, I'm trying to I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that like really shocked me. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a. That's a, that's a really good question. I guess like, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I should have a better answer for this, but I, I always go, I always go back to 
when I saw Inception uh, for the first time and just the, the theater experience of it, uh, just, you know, just being blown away. Oh, you know what? Another recent one, Knives Out. I Ooh, love the first time I saw Knives The first time I saw Knives Out was such a fun. Um, so, same with uh, same with Inglorious Bastards. So no like big twist endings, but just so enjoyable to take those in for the first time. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, keeping it on the movie train again. What do you get when you go to the movies? Are you sneak candy in guy? Are you bucket of popcorn layer the butter guy? What are you? A uh, bucket of popcorn and a bag of gummy bears. If I'm feeling feeling frisky, usually a water, but every now and then I will will get a Dr Pepper. On when we went back, when we went back to see In the Heights, I got the bucket of popcorn. Even though we went to an 11:50 matinee and recently eaten breakfast, and I still bucket of popcorn, bag okay. of gummy bears, Dr Pepper. Wanted to treat myself, so that's my go-to. Absolutely, especially after being at home for the last couple, year and a half or so, getting back to the movies for the first time, it's like, all right, I want the Airheads, I want the the not the red vines because I'm not a red vines guy, but the the, 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 licorice, the cookie the dough popcorn. bites were looking good too. Yeah, yeah. Even the pretzel bites. I was even thinking. I was even thinking some nachos. Man, I, I just wanted to go all out. Even the other day, I was like, I just want to go to the movies so I can get a bu- bucket of popcorn and then leave. The crunch of nachos gives me anxiety in the theater. I don't <laughs> want to be. I don't want to be. I'm not a. I'm a very noisy eater. I don't want to be the guy crunching on nachos especially not in the movies. There was a guy I went and saw a quiet place part two a couple weeks back. And there was that person in the, in the, uh, in the theater that not wasn't necessarily crunching on the chips, but you know, the little tin that the nachos come in was just like bending it the whole movie. And I was about ready to throw some hands. Yeah. That's that. See, you just do not want to be that guy. Absolutely. that's That's why nachos are a hard pause for me at the movies. Last uh, movie question. What is one movie you haven't seen that people still give you shit for? Oh, um, see, I know that the TV show I haven't, I haven't seen Friday night lights, a TV series. And I catch shit for that. I, I catch shit for that probably every two weeks. Damn. Um, Hmm. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't seen Friday Night Lights the movie. I've only seen the show. Oh, Friday Night Lights the movie is incredible. Um, what is something? Um, I didn't see. I, I've seen it now, but I didn't see Indiana Jones until I was an adult. So okay. That that was that was one like that. Um, I have never seen the Usual Suspects, but I know the ending. It's it's been so you know, widely seen in pop culture. And it's, it's a very common thing to where I don't know if, I I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. Um, I saw Beverly Hills cop for the first time two weeks ago. So that that was another one. one. It was very, it was enjoyable. I I, I like (laughs) Beverly Hills cop. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure there, there are some other ones, but it's like, I I've actually, I've spent, I spent a lot of quarantine, like trying to, you know, seeing, seeing Indiana Jones and stuff like that and trying to, to get rid of some pop culture black holes. Absolutely. When I got my first job out of college, I was the youngest one in my office by about 15 years. And they, they seemed to realize came to realize that I hadn't seen dozens and dozens of classics. And they just, they all like passed a piece of paper around the department and just wrote down like two movies each that they thought I should see that I haven't. And it was amazing. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Looking out for you. It was absolutely amazing. I saw things that like Terminator that I somehow had skipped. I yeah, it was it was awesome. 
Um, last I would couple. say actually the number one thing I need to see is is uh, Casablanca. I've never seen Casablanca. I also know the ending of that, but it's something that I've I've tried <laughs> to um, I've tried to incorporate more older movies as I, as I've gotten older as well. I hear you. I'm the same way. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen Usual Suspects. Uh, so th- they're all on the list, but you know, one day. Um, last couple here. What's your greatest fear? Oh, um, I mean, in terms of like common tangible fears, cause like, obviously my great, like I'm a parent now, like my yeah. greatest fear is obvious. Um, but I am not big on heights at all. Uh, but the weird thing is I love roller coasters so I can be strapped in, but if I'm like loose on a 10 foot ladder, I'm, I'm absolutely paralyzed. Um, can't do that. So I, I would say of like your basic, you know, basic fears of like heights, drowning, quicksand, you know, it's high, it's heights for me. Got it, man. Yeah. I, I've got, um, I'm the same way. Love roller coasters, adrenaline junkie in that way. But a few years ago, I went to Seattle to visit some family and they've got this Ferris wheel that like you can sit in and the Ferris wheel itself is like glass. So you can like see the, like the ground below you while you're sitting in it. And it was a really windy day and you know, you get to the top of the Ferris wheel and it stops and it just sits there for a second. And the whole time it's, it's wind is blowing the box. I could see below me. It was, it was not a great day to be me. I was, that's not a scene I'm trying to be in. No, absolutely not. You can picture it in your head and I'm sure you are. And you, you don't like it. You, you, you want to get out of there. No. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a big Ferris wheel guy. You know, they have their moments, but if the, if there's wind, if that thing you're in is swaying, you know, count me out. Yeah, man. And then lastly, last game of Stan mute cancel, uh, Disney channel, Nickelodeon and cartoon network. Um, I'm going to cancel Disney channel. I was not a Disney channel kid. Um, I am probably going to Stan. I am going to stand Nickelodeon strictly for Hey Arnold. And I guess I will mute Cartoon Network, but I think I watched more Cartoon Network. You know what? No, because Rocket Power is Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. So Rocket Power, Hey Arnold, like my kid has started watching Hey Arnold and Hey Arnold holds up, you know, almost 20 years later, over 20 years later, like Hey Arnold's still really good. Um, Rocket Power was awesome. You know, Cartoon Network had their moments, but um, yeah, I'm going to, so Stan Nickelodeon, Mute Cartoon Network, Cancel Disney Channel. Uh, I was not, I, I don't think I watched anything on Disney Channel as a kid. Yeah, I think I think that's the right answer. So Kyle, uh, that that's it, man. Thank you uh, so much for taking the time to talk about movies and and your love for sports and just get let me get to know you a little better. This was awesome, man. I am very, very appreciative. I, I have always said it is so nice to go on a podcast that you know you are not going to have to edit when this thing is over. So I'm, <laughs> it is really appreciate you have me on and and finding me interesting enough to interview, which is mind blowing to me. But yeah, no, thank you very much, sir. This is this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. So with that said, I'll give you this now the space to plug anything you want, handles, podcasts, anything you want. Now's your time to shout it out. 
So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Banduho. It's B-A-N-D-U-J-O, the newly verified Twitter account. I was far more excited about that than I really should have been. I need to reevaluate my priorities. I was going to ask because I knew I DM'd you a couple times a couple weeks ago before I interviewed JR, or maybe it was right after I interviewed JR, and I don't remember you being verified, but then when we DM'd early last week, I saw that you were verified, and I was like, surely that's 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 been there because then i started scrolling through your twitter and maybe i didn't scroll far back enough but i i was like okay so he didn't tweet about it so maybe he was verified the whole time i tried to i tried to resist tweeting about it but now it was, it was a very recent thing i think i've been verified for about a week now okay. um I back when they first rolled out verification was when i was writing for pgp or like applying for verification i got denied and it crushed me uh, but then this time with everything I've been doing, I was able to, I was able to get it. a lot of that credit to, uh, baseball America. So if, if you're a baseball fan, um, I do an interview series with baseball America called from phenom to the farm, where I talk to each week. I talk to or every other Tuesday. I talk to a former professional baseball player about their career, you know, kind of a retrospective, what they do different, you know, what they would tell their 18 year old self. Uh, focus on life in the minors, uh, mainly, you know, life in the big leagues. It's been, you know, I've been doing it for about a year. A lot of episodes in the can, you know, go check that out. I've had guys who, you know, I've had World Series champions. I've had first round picks. I've had guys who have signed for a million dollars, guys who have signed for, you know, a thousand dollars, a wide variety of of guests on that one. Something I'm really proud of. Been doing that with, with Baseball America for over a year now. And um, also there, if you're a big baseball fan you know subscribe to baseball america and the baseball america magazine i've got a write-up in there every month um a couple extended you know long form written pieces i got one coming out in august that i'm really looking forward to and if you're a sports movie fan or just a movie fan in general big screen sports comes at you every monday it's brought to you by the blue wire podcast network uh and yeah we're you know rocking ted lasso got two more episodes left but the entire uh, podcast feed of big screen sports is fairly evergreen. So go back, see if I've covered one of your favorites or a movie you hate because the, the episodes of bad movies are a lot of <laughs> just as fun as the, uh, as the good movies, but Logan, man, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very, very appreciative. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll have to get together and do something, uh, in the future. I'd be, I'd be down to jump on and talk to you about racing stripes. If one day you do cave in and, and decide, you know what? This is the last episode of my show. There's no other possible movies to cover. I guess I'll call Logan and do we'll do Racing Stripes. If we get down to Racing Stripes, you are the guy for sure. <laughs> for sure. Amazing. Guys, uh, I'll put the links down to those uh, profiles and whatnot in the description of the episode so that you can find his stuff easily. And uh, yeah, everybody... Thanks for joining me on this season two of The Exchange and be on the lookout on the Instagram in the next couple of weeks to a month when I announce the date that we're coming back. But for now, enjoy your summer. Have a great, uh, yeah, have a great summer, Hags. And we'll see you, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.